0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Lifetime Booking Podcast and welcome to our final part looking at the the life, the times and the career of current AEW Superstar Pac, where it has been a, a bit of a rollercoaster journey. He has definitely had some ups and he, oh boy, has he had his downs. Uh, last episode, it was his final year with WWE under the name Neville, he was a mainstay in their often mistreated and forgotten Cruiserweight division. Facing off against the likes of Rich Swan, TJP, Cedric Alexander. A very cursed WrestleMania 33 encounter with Austin Aries. And a final feud with Enzo Amore. Which would be the death knell for, Pac, or for Neville. As he would leave the WWE under very hostile circumstances, it would be almost a year between him walking out of an episode of Monday Night Raw before getting back into a ring. And that would be for his old mainstay over in Japan, Dragon Gate Pro Wrestling. Um, he re-debuted with the company alongside Eita in a tag team match against Ben K and Shingo Takagi. From there, he linked up with Eita and his R.E.D. Stable, and he took on the likes of Maximum, Tri-Vanguard, before eventually challenging Masato Yoshino for his Open the Dream Gate Championship, which he won in December uh, as part of the opening night of the Fantastic Gate Tour. Um, And that's that's where we are with PAC at the moment as we go into 2019. We're going to be covering 2019, 2020, and the year of our Lord, 2021, mostly because despite that being two and a half, or nearly two and a half years' worth of wrestling, there's a surprisingly little amount that Pack has been up to in those years. I wonder what could have caused PAC, or anyone for that matter, uh, to miss out on about six months worth of wrestling. Um, yeah, we will get to that. We will get to that and more here on Lifetime Booking Podcast. Uh, so yeah, we are in 2019. At the moment, PAC is your reign defended undisputed uh dragon gate open the dream gate champion um like i said knocking off Masato yoshino at fantastic gate in december 2018 we go into 2019 it's a it's a very big and very important year for pack and also something that's a little bit difficult and a little bit awkward because he is as i've said multiple times already he is our open the dream gate champion with dragon gate Reports differ, but throughout the year, and reports differ whether it's down to Pack or Dragon Gate. But one of those parties does not want Dragon Gate's top champion to be losing in, in well, in matches in general. I've put down nothing matches in my uh, notes, but just matches in general, major or otherwise. You don't really want your your company's top guy. To be losing, which is, you know, fair enough. And there were a lot of reports as well that said that it was more down to pack. He didn't want to lose um, a lot, if at all. He definitely did never want to take the pin or submission. He'd never want to make the company look weak. And this was his way of thanking Dragon Gate for everything they've done for him, uh, you know, back in the day, reintroducing him or like uh, bringing him back in for his 2018 uh, return to the ring. So, yeah, he owes a lot to Dragon Gate, and this is his way of giving back, which you can't really fuck with. So, that's where we are with Pac um, at the start of 2019. Let's go into it in full, as we always do. We will start in January, and it's a uh, pretty quick turnaround for the month. He starts off in Japan for the Open the Truthgate Tour, and immediately losing to the stable of Natural Vibes. He is then in a homecoming show for Defiant Pro Wrestling over, up in Newcastle. Uh, he defeats David Starr, but that's two days later. So he's in Japan two days later in Newcastle for a huge pop, huge pop. Um, I did watch this match, and it is it is pretty dang heartwarming. You can you can tell even though he's meant to be the heel, and he's like, oh, I don't like any of you. Um, he he does look a bit done up does our boy pack so that was that was lovely in the month of january you also get like a modern dream match it is pack against zack saber jr for the rev pro undisputed british heavyweight championship you always get that wrong uh, because it is effectively champion versus champion there can't be a definitive winner uh pack defeats zsj via disqualification this is that RevPro's live at the cockpit event in london live at the cockpit 37 a disqualification means both champions are protected None of them quote unquote lose, but it's just the way this fun little world of wrestling works. He then travels back to Japan for the Open and New Year tour, um, and he's up against Vibe he's up against Tribe Vanguard Maximum Mochizuki Dojo. Uh he is subsequently knocked out of the and oh my god Ashianiki, Ashianiki. Ashianiki. He's knocked out of the Ashianiki six man tag team tournament in the first round of by Natural Vibes. They don't even go on to win in the finals, um, which is, you know, that old pack curse, or lack thereof. Uh, Apparently that's broken. And as this is all happening, as he is travelling from Japan over to England, and then back to Japan again, uh, stable warfare's, um, modern dream matches as part of the new Brit rest scene that he's been out of for a good few years on the 8th of January. PAC is announced as one of the first signings to the newly formed All Elite Wrestling. Uh, at the AEW Rally in Jacksonville, Florida, PAC interrupts Handman Page, setting up a match between the two further down the line. Um, I, I do remember watching clips from the rally because I was one of these at the start. I was like, AEW, I don't care. That's just something about nothing. I was so wrong. Um and yeah you got hangman cutting a promo and then all of a sudden you've got pat coming out still in full gear saying why are you tosser let's let's have a barney or whatever it is that Jordy say we've established i'm not very good at accents um but yeah one of the earliest signings for the company um 8th of january 2019 you can you can mark it down we just celebrate its two-year anniversary how lovely Let's get to February then, and he's still in Japan, and he's still part of RED, and this is where RED are getting hit with some getting hit with some losses. He still is able to successfully defend his Open the Dream Championship. He defends against KZ, um, but yeah, I didn't write any down because that would be really, really good for me, and I'm fucking dumb. But I do remember RED for a stable um, just weren't doing all that great for February. But every every stable has their lulls. I think everyone just knew RED were were the were the top guys, were top dogs. So everyone had to gang up on them. Uh, a bit like Blood Warriors back in the day, um, except Blood Warriors didn't lose as much. Pack then returns to the UK for a couple of high profile matchups. He wrestles a thirty minute time limit draw to Will Ospreay at RevPro High Stakes twenty nineteen at uh, York Hall in London. I think by now we all know who Will Ospreay is. Two-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, Never Openweight Champion, or Progress Champion, Ring of Honor TV Champion, which I had no idea about. Um, at the time I wrote notes down, he was the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Champion, which I think he still is. And at the time of recording, he is our current reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, uh, only the second man to hold that lineage belt. Um, New Japan... Kind of going a bit mental at the moment, but there's arguments both sides, will say, uh, for Osprey being a top champion in New Japan. And yeah, just... regardless of what you think about Will, a matchup against Pac would be pretty fucking sweet. From there, Pac moves up to his old stomping ground of Newcastle, back to Defiant. Uh, this is for an episode of Defiance Loaded YouTube show. Uh, he defeats a competitor called Robbie X. Robbie X is a common face in the European indie scene. He's been a champion in BWR and Attack Pro Wrestling. Pack then defeats Walter, sorry, Volta by disqualification at OTT Homecoming 2 in Dublin. He challenges for the IPW UK World Championship in a three-way match. If it's three-way, it means he can't lose or can't take the the Pin or the submission, so he still looks strong in the face of defeat. Um, it's a triple threat match, also involving Kip Sabian, or both losing to the champion at the time, Mark Caskins. This was for IPW UK Return of the Pack meow, meow, um, at Canterbury and Kent, England. Mark Caskins, of course, a very popular face in the Brit Rest scene, champion in IPW UK, OBS, uh, Rev Pro, Defiant. He was a Progress World Champion and he's also been champion OTT and Smash. He's made appearances for DubX Dub, TNA, 1PW, Dragon Gate, Evolve, CMLL, and he is currently signed with ROH, which I completely forgot was a thing before I, uh, I was doing research for this episode, so gear on Mark Haskins. Pack finishes this current run of Britress, uh Dream Matches in a win against Rampage Brown. This is for TNT Merseyside Massacre in the future nightclub in Liverpool. What a place to have a fucking wrestling match in a nightclub. Uh, Rampage Brown, uh, again, I think we're all pretty familiar with Rampage Brown, if you've paid any attention to Brit wrestling in the past 10 years, I want to go as far as saying. Um, regardless, recently joined NXT UK, recently challenged for Volta's NXT UK Championship, in fact, at that prelude. It's not an event, but it's kind of an event. It's just a special thing that they had. Um, he's known throughout... The UK is one of the hardest working, one of the nicest professionals in the sport, and he's been champion, he's been a world champion in the likes of progress, BWR, World of Sport, Three Count Wrestling, and Defiant as well. All this, not only is it getting packed, um, the matches, all the Kyle matches and the caliber matches he missed out on whilst being part of WWE. Um he's also being able to wrestle in a way which makes him still look good and subsequently the Dragon Gate Open the Dream Gate Championship still look good, even when he is losing, such as the IPW UK Triple Threat match. So, he he's getting pretty you know, smart with how that wrestling business goes as our pack. It's been, how many years has it been? 15 years at this point, so he's he's catching on quick as our lad. Uh, meanwhile, sorry. Meanwhile, as all that is happening, on the 7th of February, remember last month or five minutes ago when I said that PAC came out and got in the face of Hangman and Page at the AEW rally? Well, on the 7th of February, it is announced that Pack will face Hangman Page at the inaugural AEW pay-per-view. It's called Double or Nothing. It's going to be taking place uh, on the 25th of May, presumably somewhere in Florida because Florida is a fucking hellscape i'm gonna find out in about five minutes i'm completely wrong but important things are aew double or nothing to pay-per-view in may pack versus hangman adam page Ooh, this was when they were super high on hangman as well they really wanted to like say hey why don't we make him champion and then everyone was like uh, no no let's not do that at all um which is funny now because everyone loves hangman page and they're like yeah have him beat kenny omega have him kick out of the one-winged angel have him father my children yeah so life comes at you fast uh let's get into may and we're going back to dragon gate because you know he's still champion there you need to do the thing sometimes uh this is for the champions gate shows uh, it's a successful defense of his Open Dream Game Championship against Shun Skywalker. He then subsequently teams with RED to go against the likes of Tri Vanguard, Mochizuki, uh, Dojo, Natural Vibes, and Maximum. And then he goes back to the UK. Remember how last time he was um, independent, it would be a case of like two or three matches in Europe and then fucks off back to Japan. This is now one or two matches in Japan and then fucks off back to Europe and just keeps ping-ponging to himself. So... Again, the flyer miles, I don't know what they are, but I imagine he has many of them, and duty free just must know him by name at this point. Uh, but yeah, we are back in the UK. Pack defeats Chris Brooks at a Repro event live in Northampton. Uh, Chris Brooks is another popular figure amongst the Britriss scene, a member of the ever popular Schadenfreude stable that was pretty much everywhere around Europe at this sort of time. A uh, lot of stuff in progress. BC- PCW, Dub X Dub. Um, a few of them did stints in Japan. And I think Chris... Well, I don't think... I know Chris Brooks is in DDT at the moment. Um, working with Maki Ito. And... Oh, who's that fella just turned up an AD with? Konosuke? Something? Konosuke? Fucking shitty fucking Konosuke... Takashita. I knew there was a T in there somewhere. There's at least two of them, actually. But I know there was someone in there. But yeah, Schadenfreude, Carl Fletcher, uh, Kid Lycos, Mark Davis, Volta, briefly, and amongst some others. uh, You've got Chris Brooks in there as well. Chris Brooks was also part CCK with Kid Lycos, tag team champions across Attack, Progress, FCP, and CZW. I did not know that until I did this research. And just for Brooks on his own, he's also been a champion in DDT and DobX Dob. So. More big name Brit rest stuff uh, or Brit name Brit rest names. I can now going after Pac. Pac getting these dream matches out of the way before what looks like he's careering towards another full time run with a or well, a more contractual run um, with their main company in America. Pac then defeats uh, El Fantasma at uh, Fight Forever Wrestling Fight Syndrome. Uh, it's an event in the Prism nightclub. Again, lots of wrestling shows happening in nightclub for some reason. Uh, this one's in Birmingham. El Phantasmo, a big name in IWGP. A two-time IWGP Junior ta- Heavyweight Tag Team Champion with Taiji Shimori. I think that second reign includes the most recent one. I wrote this half of my notes back in February, so I need to make sure my timelines are on. But El has also appeared in Defiant, Rev Pro, Defy, Warrior, and... Uh, our old favorites, MEW and Three Count Wrestling. He's also got a slamming entrance song. Um, it was like just a- outright heavy dub- dubstep. Now it's dubstep with metal in it. So seeing kids be damned. Uh, they ran that match back. Fantasma um, versus Pack. Pack once again picking up the win. This one was for Rev Pro Live at the Cockpit Forty in uh, London. Uh, So nice, they did it twice. We stay in the UK going into April. Um, We get matches against BT Gunn, ICW's resident war crimes aficionado. He's a former three-time ICW World Heavyweight Champion. We then see Pac take part in the Dream Tag Team Invitational 2019. Uh, He's eliminated in the first round. He teams up with REG R.E.D. member and the man who he made his return to pro wrestling and to Dragon Gate with, Ata, uh, in a match... Get this, in a losing effort to the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. I wonder what would happen with those collection of humans. This all going down for the Fight Club Pro Dream Tag Team Invitational, um, just night one. And that old reverse curse that I said about, Lucha Bros do actually go on to win the whole tournament. So, you know, getting that tournament rub off of um, pack there. Pack then continues to go through pretty much all of Schadenfreude and Aussie Open, getting up matches against Mark Davis and Carl Fletcher before moving on to a fatal four-way match for the FCP Championship at Fight Club Pro Dream Tag Team Invitational 2019 Night 3. <laughs> As Pack alongside Will Ospreay and Dan Maloney would challenge champion Mark Davis in an unsuccessful effort, which saw Mark Davis retain. And then we go back to Hapon. We're in May, and R.E.D.s start getting their whims back against the likes of Maximum and Tribe Vanguard. Pack then defences open the dreamgate Championship against Tiger Kid at the Dead or Alive pay per view, and you remember how at the start of the episode, uh, many moons ago, I said about how either Pack or Dragon Gate had become quite defensive of how Pack is booked. Um, how he's scheduled to win, how he's scheduled to lose, um, all because he is their top champion. They want to make sure that he is protected and he he isn't a, a big loser boy. So we're at a point now where this manifests itself in the biggest way. Um, as, a, as one of the earliest signees to All Elite Wrestling, eventually led up to Pack facing Hangman Adam Page at AEW Double or nothing on the 25th of May. On the 17th of May, Pack faced Hangman Adam Page at a show in Nottingham for WrestleGate, I believe they're called. WrestleGate Pro uh for their Lion Spirit event. Um yeah, Page won by disqualification, once again making Pack look strong. After the match, Pack attacked Paige's knee, saying that he wanted to injure Paige, and through the realms of kayfabe, he did. Uh, Paige sold that injury, getting escorted out of the building, um, and he sold it on the subsequent appearance he had at AWW Nothing. Precisely one portion or 24 hours later, or otherwise known as a day, uh, it's reported that the... Hangman Adam Page pack match for double or nothing was off. Um, initially, the company wanted to blame it on the injury sustained by Page, which you know, Realms of Kayfabe would make sense. Pack went a bit off on one and attacked him, it would be a good way of protecting him for the time. And it's kind of what happened because soon after it was leaked that there were creative differences between Pack and AEW. Pack doesn't want the Dragon Gate. Open the Dreamgate Champion to come off looking weak. Um, and the whole time, you know, he's been having time limit draws, losing in multi-man matches, maybe even the odd disqualification. And AEW at the same time is trying to promote a more realistic sports-like feel. And again, they really want to push Adam Page as his big main event star. So they are they are... In the nicest term, they're butting heads with how they're going to go about this. They do reach a compromise. Uh, this match is off AEW. It goes to some wild company in the middle of Nottingham. Uh, and to a you finish. And it's all rescheduled for a later date. Um, Page would still take part at Double Nothing. He would take part in the Double Nothing pre-show 21-man casino battle royal. Remember that? Fucking mess. Um... And that would mean he would go on to face... Yeah, that was like one half of the number one contendership thing, right? So he was one half. And then was it Jericho B Omega? And that set up the other half. And that was your inaugural... Well, your matchup to sign your inaugural AEW champion. Um, to me, this whole thing of Pac not want to lose, then wanting to make Paige look strong... They, they wanted Paige to go over. They wanted Paige to win. And yeah, you can't really blame them if Pac's like, well, no, I don't want to. He's very courteous and sticking to his laurels for Dragon Gate. So we miss out on the match for now, but we will get there eventually. But for now, that's May. Let's have a look at what happened in June 2019. Um, that dedication to the Open the Dreamgate Championship is not stopping um, challenging other promotions, world champions. Uh, we've seen this already. Again, Fight Club Pro. We're at Defiant again for the Defiant World Championship. It is Rampage Brown versus Pack. Um, Rampage wins via disqualification. It is a screwy finish. So you've got uh, Rampage. The referee gets knocked down. Rampage brings the belt in and goes to deck pack with it, I think. Or well, the well, the belt gets like I, I did watch the match. I promise, the match, uh, the belt gets brought into the match somehow. Um, Pat gets his hands on it, wallops Rampage, and then gets the pin. And uh, obviously, everyone is going nuts because it's Defiant. It's a company based in Newcastle. Pat's from Newcastle. If you didn't know, there's lots of people going oh so mental, and then they absolutely did the Newcastle crowd dirty because then someone came out and said wait no. He should be disqualified. He hit someone with a belt. And yeah, their hometown hero. They thought he'd won the title. And they were like, yeah, nah, son. But that's pro wrestling. And again, Pac didn't look weak. And neither did the Open of Dream Gate Championship. So he got what he was after. the end of the month, going back to Japan. Uh, participating in the King of Gate and Rainbow Gate tours. repeatedly clashing with Benkei and Shun Skywalker. And we hit July, and his calendar does seem to get a lot more open these days. He's only got four matches lined up for July. Uh, opens with a match against Cara Noir for a Riptide event at Point Break 2019 in what is actually a fucking brilliant match. It's on YouTube. It's a free. Um, yeah, Pat Cara Noir. Very good times indeed. He then absolutely fucking murders a former Love Island contestant in... Adam Maxted at an OTT event uh, in Belfast which, you know, it's a a weird world. It's a weird collision of worlds when you've got um, Love Island's Adam Maxted and professional wrestlings like a WWE, former WWE champion, former and current Dragon Gate champion, X Dub champion, you know, the guy for BritWrest for a while. Um, and they're having a match in Belfast, so cool but for July, his his biggest talking point as much as I do enjoy that match between Pac and Noir, Pac's biggest moment for the month of July comes from his defeat to Ben K, ending his Open the Gate Championship reign at 229 days, and oh my goodness, did they build Ben K to look so strong? Um obviously there's loads of history going on in the match, they've been clashing between stables all this time. Uh again, when Pack Major's returned to Dragon Gate, Ben Kay was on the other side and he was the one getting a in off of him. Um there were multiple referee bumps that would keep taking him out of the match. So many damn interferences by R.E.D. trying to make sure that their boy got the win over Ben and it wasn't enough. Ben K was able to just outmatch everything and then in the end Ben K got the victory. Four and a half stars from the azerba if you're into that kind of thing and I've watched it it is a pretty fun match. Not quite sure i would go to four and a half stars personally but who am I to doubt the word of Daddy Meltzer. Overall, this night was a a bit of a strange one for R.E.D. Well, not strange, actually. Just, just a mixed bag. For the Open the Dream Gate Championships, um, R.E.D. would lose the match and their belts. Kazuma Sakamoto, irony that him and Packer are in the same leagues as each other, uh, Kazuma Sakamoto, Takashi Yoshida, and Yasushi Kanda, they were the reigning Open the Triangle Gate Champions. Uh, they lost their belts to Strong Machine F, Strong Machine G, and Strong Machine J. I wish I was making that up. And then elsewhere in the night, RED would win the Open to Twin Gate Championships in a three-way elimination match. Uh, Big Ashimitsu and Eita defeated Tribe Vanguard Kai and Yamoto, who are the current champions, and Kaito Ishida and Naruki Doi. Um, so yeah, two championships down, one championship up, it's a net negative for the group but that's how stables happen i guess sometimes and this would be the final send off for pack as he began winding down his calendar before the big join with all elite wrestling but before that though we still have most of a year to get through we'll start with august because that's what follows july and yeah pack has just finished up his dates with the uk and ireland uh, he's got matches for TNT, Ref Pro, and OTT. On the 23rd of August, it is announced that Pac will replace John Moxley in the match against Kenny Omega at All Out. This is at a point where Moxley suffered from a Mercer infection in his elbow. I think this was just after a match in Japan. I remember it was either side of a... Uh, I, f- I feel I remember this being either side of an IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match that he had um, because I know Moxley's had pretty bad luck with that belt. I think one t- he's won it twice But oh no, the first time he dropped it it was because of the Typhoon, it wasn't because of Mercer, but yeah, I think he did mess out on at least one match because of his Mercer infection for the United States Championship, but yeah he was meant to be in a match against Kenny Omega, it gets dropped out uh, Packer is inserted in and it is a rare, a super rare submission loss for Mr. Omega as Pack gets a referee stoppage victory, making Omega pass out in the Brutalizer that rings a Saturn type move. Um, I am not the most au fait with Omega's back catalogue. Um, I It's... The idea of watching that ninety no not 60-minute match just sounds like a slog, and I'd need a lot of gumption to watch it, but there's lots of matches I have watched of his. I've been aware of his in-ring career for a lot longer before I started watching him. I can't recall many submission losses, if any, right now. So that is a huge scalp for Pac. Not only one of the rare victories against Kenny Omega, but for a referee stoppage, I mean... Oh, goodness. September has just a single match. This is for Future Shock Wrestling as Pac defeated CJ Banks. And then we move into October. And we are at the premiere of all Ely Wrestling's weekly episodic TV show, Dynamite. It occurs on the 2nd of October. And Pac is he goes in and immediately reignites his feud with Hangman Adam Page. Um, it's a one-on-one contest between the two. The match we should have got, arguably, at Double or Nothing. And despite all that, because the nature of AEW and indeed Hangman Page has changed quite dramatically. Pac gets the win. It's a it's a t- tried and tested formula of kicking Hangman Page square in the dick. Um, like the heel of Pac's boot gets right up in Hangman's taint. Um a kick to the dick, a black arrow, and a brutalizer. pack wins his opening foray or his opening forays into AEW and he gets that opening victory against Hangman Page. A few weeks later he wrestles to a TV time limit draw with Mr. John Moxley. Um, this was after their tag loss the previous week to page and Omega. They were like, Well, it's your fault. Well, no, it's your fault. Well it was definitely your fault. Slappy, punchy, kicky, led to a match. Um, and although a TV draw is kind of confusing, it does protect them both. It's clear at this point that AEW have very high hopes for Pac, very high hopes for Moxley. So getting them to have a fight, it you know, garners interest between the two and it also keeps a pair of them strong, especially if neither of them can lose. As we head into November, we are staying with AEW and on the 6th of November episode of Dynamite, it is a final stop before... Um, AEW's next debut and kind of their, well, there's not their pay-per-view debut because he had Double or Nothing but this is their first pay-per-view since being an episodic show. At the pay-per-view Pac is going one-on-one against Hangman Page in a rematch from a couple weeks prior uh, but for this particular episode of Dynamite he is up against Trent of the Best Friends Collective with Chucky Taylor and Orange Cassidy uh, Pack picks up the win, but you do get an interaction between Pack and Orange Cassidy. I wonder what will happen there. So we get that out of the way and we do get to uh, the first AEW pay-per-view since going episodic. It is AEW full gear. Pack picks up his first singles lost in AEW as Hammond Page gets uh, a little bit of retribution for the match about a month prior by this point. Uh, it's another great match. It's a really super fun match. Pac repeatedly trying to like get a repeat of um, that match on Dynamite. So a, a swift kick in the dick basically. He's just trying to kick him in the dick. Uh, Paige isn't falling for it. He's, he's wise to it now. He was able to do what AJ Styles could never do and see a kick to the dick coming. Page catches the boot as it's on its way up. Levels, pack with a forearm, and then Alaria, and then hits that dead eye for the victory. On the thirteenth, on the thirteenth of November, on the thirteenth of November, episode of Dynamite, they get their rubber match to settle their series. Of course, it is one-one at this time, and Pack just you know casually tries to cave, Highman's skull in He then hits a Black Arrow, and then gets him back in the brutalizer. Pack in their series. Against Hangman Page, is victorious. Um, it's a kind of odd, like even like reading it back, I was expecting me to I was expecting to have to say that, and Page got the victory, which set up what happened next, yada yada yada. But it's a little lot. It's a little bit funny considering what happened way back in the day um, when it was meant to be Pack versus Hangman, and at the time you kind of see Hangman was meant to go over, but AEW tell stories much differently than other bloopers and yeah Pac is on is on fine form in his early AEW days and you kind of think he's like a championship caliber commodity at this point I wouldn't be upset by that at all a couple of weeks later Pac starts up a direct feud with Kenny Omega uh, at this point, Pac would just be mostly beating up Kenny's mate, Adam Page. Um, he, of course, beat Kenny Omega all out. On this night of Dynamite, again, 27th November, um, Omega would get a win back. So now it's one apiece between the two. But the way with it all is Pac is one of only three people to beat Omega in one-on-one competition in 2019. Both in AEW and Ever, like, even though I was writing these notes up, and I'm pretty sure it's still true now. Um, Omega has lost three times in one on one matches in AEW. He's lost to Pac, he's lost to Jericho, and he's lost to John Moxley. Um, Pac, Jericho Moxley, and Hiroshi Tanahashi were the only people to beat Omega in singles competition at all throughout the year of 2019, throughout any company. Which is kind of crazy, like that is. I, it's hard to say whether that's impressive or that is a bit a lot of people climbing on the Omega hype. It just depends which side of the coin you f- like to fall on. But I, again, I don't know enough about um, Omega and his career to really pick a side. But wowzers, the aura that Omega has for Pac to say he's one of the only people who just beat him. Why doesn't AEW use that? Uh, it's, it's fucking none of my business. Just sitting here, chilling. Just none of my business. Pac does return to the UK for one of his final times. He participates in a one-night British J-Cup tournament for Rev Pro. He defeats Amazing Red in the first round. And in the final, which is a four-way elimination match between Pac, El Phantasma, Robbie Eagles, and Michael Oku, Pac is unsuccessful. The winner is Mr. Oku. As before, face first into December. On the 11th of December, episode of Dynamite, Pac has an interview. I, I won't do the voice. I came to this company for one reason: opportunity. I have put out dominating performance after dominating performance. This is my final warning. Kenny Omega and AEW, give me my rubber match, or I will not be held accountable for what I do next. I can oh, hear. This in my head. I never watched. I don't think I ever saw this promo, but I can hear his voice, his scowling, Geordie bark and snarl and blah. And yeah, it's a very, it's a very pack promo. This pack sees off his 2019 with AEW, or uh, with a win on AW Dark. He teams up with the Hyper Two and Helico and Jack Evans to defeat best friends Chuck Taylor, Trent and Orange Cassidy, and he sees off his pro wrestling in general with a brit rest dream match in a losing effort to michael oku at rev pro uprising 2019 in london which would be Pac's final independent date um, and a huge rub for michael oku as well who is better known these days as the ojmo as of time recording the rev pro undisputed british cruiserweight champion Uh, as well as something of a tag team and especially six-man tag team aficionado as part of Destination Everywhere alongside Charlie Carter, Connor Mills and Oisin Delaney. But that was PAX 2019, uh, I think, for a lot of people. The last year of normalcy we would see for a while. And 84 matches with a 59.5% win rate, 50 wins, 32 losses and a singular draw. It is so great seeing Pac back to being a, a four-time performer again. He's mixed it up with yeah, substantial guys. Moxley, Omega, Page, Osprey, ZSJ, uh, Ben K as well. A lot of... Um, he's helping a lot of people get over, so I think Br- Ben K kind of bridges that gap. He was... On the rise, I think, is best to say. And then that win over Pac uh, in Dragon Gate for the title sort of like put him over as the next or a next main event star. you got Michael Oku as well, Shun Skywalker, Cara Noir, and AEW keeping him busy heading into 2020. He's in a feud with big match Kenny Omega. And, you know, there's surely nothing can ruin what is set to be an incredible 2020 for Pac and for us all. Um... And so let's, let's just go into it. Because, yeah, nothing nothing bad can happen. 2020, January. New Year's Day match. Uh, Pack teaming up with Lucha Bros, although they're not quite the death triangle yet, in a six-man tag team match against the Elite. Pac had Omega in the Brutalizer before Matt Jackson broke it up. Omega eventually hit Phoenix with the One Ring Angel for the victory. And there is continued animosity between Omega and Pack, which leads into the 8th of January episode of Dynamite where Pac beats the unholy piss out of Omega's mate Michael Nakazawa. Um, He's holding him in the Brutalizer demanding his match with Omega. So this all happens after Omega's match alongside Hangman and Page against Private Party. Uh, Pac at this point is obviously quite cross with Mr. Omega and once that rubber match but we don't get it for a little while yet. So both Pac and Omega would just put their minds elsewhere for a little bit. Pack would focus his attention on trying to become a number one contender for the AEW Championship. He would lose his number one contenders match to Jon Moxley. Omega would see like fairly different successes. He would actually capture the AEW Tag Team Championships um, alongside Hangman Adam Page on the 21st of January episode of Dynamite. That one with the boat and stuff. Uh, Pat kind of takes a bit of a holiday following his loss to uh, Moxley. He takes a couple of weeks off, I think, because his number one contenders match was also the one on the boat. So a couple of weeks later in February, this is for the 5th of February episode of Dynamite. Omega, we team up with his elite brethren. So it's uh, him, Adam Page, and the Young Bucks. Nick and Matt Jackson, they would lose to the collective of Butchering the Blade and the Lucha Bros in an eight-man tag team match, uh, but following the match, Pack appears on the Titantron with Riho, uh, the former AEW Women's Champion, and another one of Kenny Omega's mates. Pack threatens Omega via Rio. Uh, this was supposed to be a contract signing, but you left Michael Nakazawa for dead. Let's see if you care about Riho. But uh, Omega finally relents, fucking burying Nakazawa in the process and eventually gives Pack his rematch. Pack finally responds with, I hope you didn't think I'd ever put my hands on a woman. Kenny, I am not a beast, but she is. And then Nyla Rose comes in and just fucking just does a dose of murder on Riho, who is very, very sore right now. And this has all led to the rubber match that Pack has been gagging for for ages now. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we just get a lot of hype packages um, and promos between Omega and Pac for Omega Pack 3. It's mostly Pac just teasing Omega, like a little shit. It's eventually announced that it will be an Iron Man match on the 22nd of February. It is Dynamite, the time is now, or that's how I've christened it. Uh, it is Pac versus Kenny Omega in in the rubber match, Iron Man match uh Pack goes for a not used enough strategy of absolutely belting Kenny Omega with a steel chair, it gives him a DQ loss, but then Pack very quickly hits a black arrow, gets a win, and the score is now 1-1 and Mr. Omega is now quite sore because he's just been blasted by a steel chair, so I think it's a strategy that should be used more often, but that's probably why I don't work in wrestling. Pack then locked Kenny Omega in the Brutalizer for well over a minute as the 30 minutes ran out, leading to overtime because it's an Iron Man match and, of course, it fucking led to overtime. Why do we even have this kind of match? Omega caught Pack with the V-Trigger and then eventually with the One-Wing Angel for the 2-1 win both for the match and for their respective series. Pack got a post-mac interview with Tony Skiavone but is interrupted by the Super Cash and super casual Orange Cassidy. Uh, Pac tries to murder him, but they are eventually pulled apart, which would lead to three nights later the next AEW pay per view in Revolution. Pack would be in a one on one match with Orange Cassidy, which I think was, yeah, it was Orange Cassidy's AEW one on one debut. At this point, he'd most been in matches with, or exclusively been in matches, that's how debuts work. With Trent and Chuck Taylor. It's a really fun match. uh, And it's really, really good. So you've just got that dynamic of Cassidy's I don't give a fuck attitude versus Pax. I'm just so angry all the time. Shtick. And it was marvellous how they bounce off each other. Um, It's highlighted by crowds chanting... Either please don't die or he's gonna die. I couldn't quite make it out. Both are really funny to me. The crowd was just super wild about this. and way, way into it. It maybe missed crowds very briefly uh, for all of like 10 minutes. And then I watched UFC last night and it was all the crowd booing anyone who wasn't white or anyone who wasn't American. So I don't miss crowds that much anymore because you're a bunch of fucking racists. Uh mostly Florida, which is where thankfully a lot of AEW happens, so whatever. Pac does humor Cassie's styled to begin with, but then very distinctly switches to a I will not humor this anymore kind of mindset. And yeah, it turns into a great match. Pac's frustrations from the Omega feud, Cassie's you know, he oh, what was it? He's gonna try that spark of he's gonna try um, I did, like, any time Pac went up for the Black Arrow, Cassie would just roll away. And then it got to the point where Pack goes on the outside, try and block him off, and Orange just laughs at him and then rolls away again. It's great. Pack wins with the Brutalizer. Gets a, a a win back in the right column after losing the Omega feud. But, you know, these are still good things and still good momentum for Mr. Pack. So as we go into March, on the 4th of March episode of Dynamite... Uh, as part of Pack's win over Orange Cassidy, there was a bit of a to do between members of Best Friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent, and the Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. As a kind of as a result from this, Pack faces Chuck on dynamite. Pack once again wins with the brutalizer. And then in the post match, Lucha Bros come out and help Pack beat up Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. This burst the alliance known as Death Triangle. And at the time, I remember thinking this was a really dumb name for a faction, but now I fucking love it. Um, still not... Oh, no, they've got, like, the... I was going to say I'm not found fan of their entrance music, but they've got, like, the more, like, darker, everything's an octave down version. Lucha Bros, Mexican. And, you know, it's slightly better than the OG one, which is Pretty Toilet. Uh, the following week, Death Triangle would make their in-ring debut as a throuple, Defeating Joey Janella and Private Party Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. However, before we could get any more out of PAC or even Death Triangle, that thing happened. That big thing that ruined all of 2020 for everybody. The coronavirus pandemic hit the US, meaning a lot of international talent, meaning a lot of international talent had to take IAS from the company. And this is PAC. B Priestley, Jimmy Havoc, Sadie Gibbs, Amy Sakura, Riho, and Yuka Sakazaki. Um, it was what we here in England call a bit of a mess, and anyone who was in England would call a fucking hellscape of ineptitude in government. But that's 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 neither here nor there. It would be a fair old chunk of time before we heard anything more from Pack because obviously he had to go back to UK there wasn't much he could do but then in the November where we had a small sliver of hope it got knocked the shit out of us but we had a small sliver of hope for a little while a video promo aired on the 4th of November episode of Dynamite and it is our boy Pac it's the funny thing about isolation you've got no one to play with <laughs> And in the background, it's just echoes of Eddie Kingston um, chatting shit about Pack because whilst Pack has been gone, Eddie Kingston's aligned himself with Penta and Phoenix. But he's been slowly driving them apart, acknowledging Penta as his best friend, but constantly saying about Ray Phoenix, You're just here. You occupy space at the same time as I do, whilst whispering to Penta, You know, your brother's a bit shit. We should off him. And yeah. Pack has not liked any of that um a seen what it's been doing to the brothers and he is gearing up for a return. And uh, this leads to the following week on Dynamite. Penta and Phoenix have another fantastic match which involves a lot of mask ripping which always makes me really uncomfortable um because I I'm, I'm a huge mark for wrestling masks and I don't think they should be ripped or taken off or anything like that. Uh, Kingston comes to the ring and praises his friend Penta after he's the one that gets to win. He sort of like kicks Ray Phoenix out of the ring and like, full on stomps him out. And even Penta's like, well, what the fuck did you do that for? As Eddie's on the mic and he's chatting to Penta saying we don't need him. It's all about us. And I think he's about to go for a kiss. Pac's music hits and Pac, our war geordie god, is back in AEW. He's got a microphone in hand. And he simply says, the bastard's back. And you have made a very, very big mistake. And then throws the microphone on the ground. There's a pull-apart brawl. Uh, Kingston is just doing the whole thing. He's like, hold me back, hold me back. You fucking dick. And hold me back. Hold me. Make sure it doesn't get me. You, are killing, And yeah, because Eddie Kingston is... T- well, Eddie Kingston in general is just fucking great. Um, but he was very good at this, being the chicken shit heel. When he could absolutely deck us all. This would lead to Pack defeating Blade in his uh, comeback match. Part of this was as an extension to the Kingston family that had been growing. Uh, it also included Butcher and the Blade and eventually the Bunny. I don't know if she was part of it at this point. Uh, but yeah, Pac came back. Covered the entire track. Uh, defeated Blade. Afterwards, um, Pac tries to challenge Eddie Kingston, but is eventually attacked by Mr. Blade and Mr. Butcher. Lucha Bros come out, and they make the save for Pack, turning on Kingston, and they reunite Death Triangle Lucha Bros Mexicans. One of us is from Newcastle, ignore that part. One week later, uh, Butcher and a Blade defeat Death Triangle Pack, and Ray Phoenix, following interference from Mr. Kingston, that dick. And there is a post-match beatdown of Phoenix and Pack, which is interrupted by Mr. Lance Archer, who attacks Mr. Eddie Kingston which at this point was kind of why I started to enjoy AEW a bit more because you've got, there's a lot more interweaving uh, storylines which reading about them and like trying to remember them it gets complicated in your head but as they're happening it feels quite natural and quite lucid so you know, it's it's something that AEW gets right a lot more than WWE for example we're in December and it's Christmas uh, but not really Death Triangle versus Eddie's family is put on the back burner a bit so that Pack can sell uh, Eddie's attack from the week prior. And it was also confirmed that Pac just wanted to go home for England for a bit. You know, it's Christmas, spend some cheer for the holiday. you um, da do. But yeah, in K kayfabe, Pac's selling the injury, which is always great. It's a good way to put Kingston over. And in his absence, Kingston just continues to go after Archer and vice versa. On the 16th of December episode of Dynamite, Pac returns again, just in time for Eddie to say, Where's Pac? I can't see him anywhere. That's not what he sounds like. Pack returns alongside Death Triangle to help out Lance Archer after he's getting a bit of a, a, a wee rollicking from Eddie and his mates. That's not the last we will see of Pac and Lucha Bros though. They come out at the end of the night to confront Kenny Omega following his win against Joey Janela pack says, Kenny, we have some unfinished business. Ray Phoenix competed in that tournament and never lost. This was a number one contendership tournament. Um, this was to do with the AEW World title eliminated tournament back in October. Uh, Penta replaced. So Phoenix defeated Penta. But then Phoenix was injured in that match. I remember... Uh, didn't he get dropped on his head or something? And it looked really, really gnarly. He tried to stand up. He's like, I'm fine. And just sort of fell a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Phoenix defeated Penta. Penta then replaced Phoenix. And then F- Penta didn't win. Uh, in lost, Yeah, he lost in the semis against Kenny Omega. So, yeah. Phoenix never lost... Omega might not have won. It's, they, they're going through that story arc thing. And so, yeah, he's just like, hey, you you, you two never had a... Did- and now he's here. And uh, Don Callas, who is at this point aligning himself with Kenny Omega and a bit of a dick, replies with, wrestlers don't tell world champions what to do. And Pac plays, "Oh, contraire, mes amis. Uh He doesn't say that. He says, that's where you're wrong. I just spoke to Tony Khan December 30th on Dynamite." Uh, Kenny Omega, whether you like it or not, you would defend that championship against Ray Phoenix. On the Christmas Eve Eve episode of Dynamite, Pack alongside Penta Mieldo, or Pentagon Junior, or just Penta, I wish AAA would decide what AEW could call him. Uh, either way, Pac defeats the Butcher, um, despite interference from the Blade and Kingston, and also Archer is helping out with Pac, not with Kingston. Uh, it's just a bit of a fucking mess, that's what I'm trying to say. Before the match, though, Don Carlos and Kenny Omega cut a promo, uh, basically tearing down Tony Khan, Pac, and in particular, Ray Phoenix. Uh, Omega says, Ray Phoenix, let's take a year in view in AEW. AEW Tag Team Title Championship match, you choked. In AAA, you choked. Eliminate a tournament against your own brother, you choked. What's going to happen when you face someone who's a little pissed off? Um... The match between them did not happen as expected on the 30th of December episode of Dynamite it was delayed due to the celebration of Mr Brody Lee's life, a wonderful episode of TV, I blubbed like a baby and it was just good field vibes everywhere um, but understandably it did knock off the Phoenix Omega match but that happens in the early part of 2021 which we'll get to but first just went through some end-of-year stats as ever, Pac had 10 matches in 2020, you cannot blame him, the world blew up. Uh, 60% win rate, 6 wins, 4 losses, it's easy maths. Um, his lowest match tally since 2005, but again, the world burnt down. And he continued to prove exactly what he thought he could do in WWE. He's part of the main event scene, he's getting involved in big-name rivalries, you know, Kenny Omega, uh, Eddie Kingston, And he's flexing that bastard character to be... You know, it can lean towards being a heel. It can lean towards being a face. He can stand up for his mates. He's... That character work. Pac is doing some of his best work in AEW with the bastard character. And I am still here for it. And let's finish off the episode. And so far, Pac's career. I'm not saying that this is career over. Just... I can't tell the future. I don't know what's going to happen. So this is up to and including the... I got the date wrong. 21st of April episode of AEW Dynamite. So back in January, the 6th of January episode of Dynamite, Kenny Omega defeats Ray Phoenix to retain his AEW championship. In the post-match backstage, Pac and Penterazero Mieldo... uh, Did I put an L in Mieldo? I think I did. Uh, they are getting minced by the Butcher and the Blade. I did not mean to put that pun in. Eddie Kingston's just look- looking on and laughing and laughing and laughing. As Kenny goes to attack Phoenix again, John Moxley this time makes a save before he himself is jumped by the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions and Kenny Omega's mates, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the good brothers. This is when the- that... That door. Someone knocked on that fucking door, um, but it wasn't Alistair Black's. No one ever knocks on Alistair Black's door, not even on Halloween. 13th of January episode of Dynamite for the New Year's Smash Night 2. Pac defeats Eddie Kingston, seemingly ending their feud. And the post match angle. It also alludes that the alliance between Lance Archer and Pac is over. It was kind of awkward. Um, if I remember right, I think Lance Archer just came out. Pointed at Pac for a little bit. Had a few words and said. Get on the same page or something. And then he just fucked off again. It was weird. It's definitely very weird. I, You do you, mate. What, what Arch man. You, what, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Let's get into February then. After weeks of Kenny Omega being in Pac's business. Or Pac's associative business. This is, um, you know. Lucha Bros and John Moxley helping each other against Kenny and uh, the Good Bros. And that's just like blown back in their face. Uh, Kenny and the Good Bros attacked Lucha Brothers on the 20th of January episode of Dynamite, which resulted in an injury to Penta. There is a stunning video pack of response from Pact. The infamous, you're out here acting like Billy Big Bollocks. Uh, Kenny will face the consequences. It's an amazing video package done by Robin Godding of Beyond Guerrilla. Dude, go find him. He is fucking amazing. Pac is, you know, let's have ye. Pack and Ray Phoenix team up with John Moxley to take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, scheduled for the 3rd of February episode of Dynamite, otherwise known as Beach Break. Another very, very good match, but ultimately... The damn dirty heels win, Um, and I think this is the match where Kenna debuts and attacks John Moxley because he's got the United States Championship briefcase thing from NGPW Strong. But yeah, Kenny the Good Bros win. I, potentially, this is where Kenner comes out as well, and so it's it's bad there at the office for Phoenix Pack and Moxley. So, what can you do? Uh, a week later, Pack just needs a win back, so just fucking murders Ryan Nemeth, uh, which was Pack's fifteen hundredth match, um, which was I can't remember where I found that fact, but I just felt that was worth sharing. One thousand five hundred matches, and he's beating Ryan Nemeth, the 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 worst kind of Nemeth, um, but meanwhile, Lance Archer is getting back in the mix, um, and he's getting all up in uh, Omega's grill. He's also getting involved with Moxie's stuff as well, who is getting attacked by Kenta. Uh, that results in, like, elsewhere on that card where Packer's winning against Ryan Nemeth. Kenta is teaming up with Kenny Omega to defeat John Moxley and Lance Archer in a no-disqualification, go-in-the-kitchen-and-punch-each-other match, um, which, again, was very, very good, but, you know, it's kind of... Pac's taking on a bit of a backseat at this point. And commentary did in like subsequent Dynamites because he was very quiet, but Pac was barely ever seen. Um, and if he was, he wasn't wrestling. He was just in a manager role. Uh, commentary did say that Pac was dealing with some injuries, so I guess Pac just tied up loose ends for a little while. Um, but as someone who is a really big fan of Pac, you kind of want him just to carry on going because kenny omega won the feud essentially you don't want that you don't want anyone for the elite winning anything the elites dicks so but you can't help getting injured sometimes uh pack returns to in-ring competition in march on the third of march episode of dynamite otherwise known as crossroads or as i've put it in my notes course roads okay uh yeah he teams up with ray phoenix to defeat d3 and john Skyler. this is all warm-up to the revolution pay-per-view casino tag team battle royal um yeah i think at the end of this episode as well pack comes out with Phoenix and there's a huge brawl between all the tag teams of all well. it's standard wrestling fair at the pay-per-view yeah pack and phoenix win the tag team battle royal they defeat bear country uh jurassic express the Sidel brothers private party scu the butcher and the blade Three different versions of the Dark Order. The Gun Club, Inner Circle, and Natural Nightmares, Pretty Picture, and the Varsity Blondes. A lot of the tag teams. Uh, there's a huge carry by Phoenix, which makes sense when we all realise that Pac was still nursing a bit of an injury. Um, and in the final two, it was Phoenix versus Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy last getting eliminated in a really good like mini-match to end the Battle Royal. Post-pay-per-view, though, Pac would take another break. Again, he just seems to be getting like a lot of niggling little injuries. Uh, this time, Tony Khan confirms that Pac suffered a bit of an ankle injury during the Battle Royal. And in the scheduled match between Death Triangle and the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler, Pac was replaced by Laredo Kid. And they go on to win. Yeah, they do go on to win the match, I think. That happened like three, four weeks ago. And I cannot remember. Well, it might have been more a month ago. I can't remember anything. Time is an illusion. Pack returned to in-ring action again for the ninth of April house show, the house always wins. Um, AEW really into like casino metaphors, aren't they? Um, yeah, this was AEW's return to having a house show. I think it's literally the only one they've done. I don't know if there's any plans to do more. It was a weird flex, but why not? Um, but yeah, Death Triangle teamed up with the their Brothers to defeat the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Uh, a DDT regular and multiple-time champion with that promotion, Konosuke Takeshita, and Michael Nakazawa, who once wrestled a match but naked, uh, returned to a screen of some kind on the 12th of April edition of Dark Elevation. He teamed up with Phoenix to defeat Andre Montoya and Vary Morales, 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 and then he finally made his TV return on the 40th of April episode of Dynamite. Finally getting that World Tag Team Championship opportunity alongside Ray Phoenix in a losing effort to the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the current reigning champions. Uh, Nowhere to be seen on the subsequent Dynamite, but then there is that overgrowing line of people who want to slap the piss out of the Young Bucks. You've got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, presumably still FTR. I reckon secretly, maybe as well, Hangman Adam Page. But Pack is on a bit of a back burner. Um, he's, I think he's just dealing with injury type things at the moment, which happens to pretty much every wrestler you've ever loved ever. Um, Even the ones who haven't had time off, it just happens. They're in constant pain all the time, as I keep finding out. So it is what it is at the moment. Um, I, I'm curious to find out what PAC does next because World Championship scene seems to be occupied by Moxley, maybe even Kingston. The TNT Championship scene is that open challenge by Darby Allen, and it looks like is it Archer? Archer really wanted to go into it. Um, just had Matt Hardy I haven't seen who he's facing off with this week. You've got Christian in the mould now, he's also after Kenny Omega. Um so yeah, I'm not quite sure where Pax places in this all. I'd l I would i would not mind if he stayed in the tag team division. But then because of the way AEW scripts their television, he needs to work his way back back up again. Whether or not he just goes through a neutral feud for a while, I don't know. It's as I record this, it's just ticked over the twenty sixth of April so same day this goes out datelines and such so who knows what might happen now for Mr. Pack but that's it that's as far as we go for now for Mr. Pack Uh 1,506 matches his all time record is 961 wins 539 losses and 6 draws with a win percentage overall of 63.8 from his origins in backcount promotions, TWXW and FXW, and his professional debut with the Independent Wrestling Federation 2004, Benjamin Sutterly would tear through the UK and Europe before becoming an underground marquee name in Japan with the Dragon Gate promotion. From there, he attracted the sticky fingers of WWE, who brought him into a rejuvenated and revamped NXT, where he became a member of the highly lauded NXT 5, alongside Sami Zayn, Hideo Itami, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Main roster WWE didn't quite work out as planned despite a strong start and a nasty breakup between the two parties resulted in Pac returning to Dragon Gate in a main event spot, eventually whipping the piss out of the British independent scene as well before eventually signing with AEW, where not even an absence due to a global pandemic has damaged his aura. He continues to mix up with the AEW main event scene, becoming embroiled at AEW's stable warfare alongside Pentecost Zero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix to form Death Triangle as well. pack is a just incredible in-ring athlete. There are the kind of caliber he is. He's got an incredible physique, which has meant he's got a very big strength game. Despite the fact he is a just alluring, high flyer kind of athlete. Um, I can't like again. I said it before. I can't wait to find out what he does next with AEW. Um, as soon as we're allowed to go outside for more than 10 minutes, I'd love to know what he... Like, what kind of contract he's got with AEW. I think he could still do some independent stuff. I If this forbidden door, whatever, has been opened up, I'd be very curious to know um, what he could do with the likes of Impact, um, New Japan, like a return over there, maybe even get into some DDT stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah... I am very interested to find out what Pac could do. Um, but again, like I said, that is it for Pack for now. Uh, do let me know how it's all been going on. If you've enjoyed it, if you've hated it, if you've had no reasons whatsoever, if you're a bit lost and you want to know what, what happened, at Lifetime Booking on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I will announce the second season very, very soon. I'm very excited. It gives me a chance to watch some cool wrestling from a cool wrestler um but until such time i've been stephen hook this has been the lifetime booking podcast this has been eight parts eight parts eight episodes all about the life and career of benjamin Satterley, a former nxt champion dragon gate opened the brave gate champion a pwg world tag team champion He's held belts with 3 count wrestling, OTT, dub, XWA, uh, IWF. And I'm sure there are many more things to come. Um, but for 2004 to 2021, this has been PAX Life as an in-ring competitor. And I've said that about four times so far, so I'm going to fuck off. So, goodbye.